Välkommen till Eurovision Queens. Nu är det dags för ännu en Melodifestivalens special. Let Eurovision Queens begin! Welcome to Eurovision Queens, a podcast that explores and celebrates the glory that is the Eurovision Song Contest. Hello, I'm Andy. And I'm Ryan. Hello there, how are you doing? How am I doing? Yes. That's quite a loaded question. Yeah, I ask because I know you've had a tough afternoon. (laughs) Yes, very tough. Yeah. But that's okay, because we're about to go to our happy place. Yes, that is Eurovision. We are bringing you another special episode, which will focus chiefly on Melody Festivalen, Mellow Heat 4, which came from Eskilstuna last Saturday. (laughs) The teeniest of tiny arenas. Oh, I know, it was cute, wasn't it? (laughs) Little pocket-sized arena. I know, I just imagine they probably didn't really need to queue that much even to get in. I think it was mainly the green room as well. It was. The green room took a sizable <laughs> amount of the arena up, didn't it? Yeah. yeah. There's one bit where they showed um, them being in a sports hall, and I was wondering, is that them setting up, and was it just a sports hall converted? I think it might have been. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> It'd be funny if you're just playing a game of badminton, and it was like, these, in, you know, in a few hours, these four courts will be turned into an arena and broadcast all <laughs> over Sweden. <laughs> Before we get to Mellow, though, We've got another entry, haven't we? We do indeed. Tell me who won the Croatian national final. Only baby lasagna. Better known as Marko Pjuricic, born 1995. Uh, Croatian singer, songwriter and music producer. And the song which we'll all be singing along to, probably. No, we won't. Oh, wow. (laughs) Runtim Tagadim, which is a catchy little number. Slightly rocky. Slightly, to me, slightly drama school project. (laughs) I think it's the way that they've written baby lasagna on that guy's face. <laughs> yeah, and covered everything with a doily. I know. Mm. It's, a, it's a bit, yeah, art school project. Yeah. But he's having fun. And I th- personally think it's better than Windows 95, man. And that's my kind of new barometer of what's okay. <laughs> I'm kind of glad that the Eurovision fandom have already forgotten about Windows 95, man. Forgotten about? Now it seems to be completely... There's too much other weird going on. Aboard. I mean, it's not even in the top 10 anymore of things. It's a competition to see who can be the weirdest weird thing. Yeah. And that's not that weird anymore. (laughs) No, but... Yeah. So, in traditional fashion, it has gone right up the charts in the My Eurovision Scoreboard app. It's in number three, this song already. So, shall we hear a little bit of it? Yeah. Gonna miss you all, but most of the cat gonna miss my hay, gonna miss my bed. Most of all, I'ma miss the day, so come on you all, let us spring. So how are you feeling about the songs that we've got so far? I mean, my want for lasagna has increased. <laughs> Just because you've heard the word lasagna. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but I'll cook you one this week. Thank you. But yes, no. I no. I, I struggle again still. You see, remember how I really struggled last year when we interviewed David Allwood, Mr. Gay UK? 
hello, David. Go back and listen. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was like, oh, it's great. And I kind of like matched his energy saying, yeah, there's some good songs. And I really didn't feel it yeah. at the time. But then I really did later on. And that was in March because I was up in Glasgow doing some Yeah. Training. So we're not there yet at the point where we have all the songs. I think once it's completed and locked in as a full set, yeah. then maybe... Yeah. And I've listened to the ones that we do have, and there are a few that are better than others. I think there'll be 10 to 15 songs that we really like. Maybe, but last year I listened to every single one, we apart liked, from Blood and Glitter. We did like most of them last year, didn't we? I couldn't yeah. listen to Blood and Glitter either. There's a few <laughs> others that I was a bit off on. But I never even... got into that Latvian one, Sudden Lights. It was no, okay. I liked that one. Yeah, you did. Yeah. Anyway, we're not here to talk about Eurovision. Well, we are. <laughs> not the Eurovision final. That's a long way off for us Swede-loving folks. Because the main subject of the episode is Heat 4 of Melody Festival. Which took place at, yes, the Stiga Sports Arena. I think it's just a sports hall. I think they're calling it an <laughs> arena to make it sound bigger. Big yeah. heat. Big heat. Lots of big names. Now, this was an episode we didn't see live. <gasps> Full disclosure. Because we are busy, busy people. We are. And we were in Oxfordshire that night, were we not? We were. We're back home now. When we got home, one of the first things we did was watch Mellow Heat 4. We were really tired and we thought, oh, let's just watch the songs. We don't watch the whole thing. But we actually watched the whole evening because, well, partly because I'm also practicing my Swedish. <laughs> I was able to read quite a lot of... With the subtitles on, yeah. yeah. It did help. But we did see the whole show and it seemed quite funny. But that was partly because we had help, particularly from Kalina Berry, um, the host, because she was doing a lot in English. Well, it was very funny, wasn't it? Because she was doing a little intro and obviously to speak to the parents, yes. she spoke in English. Yes. Honestly, it never really occurred to me that the songs that would be in Swedish yeah. will naturally appeal more to younger audiences because they everyone would learn English. Uh, Swedish first. Swedish first. Yeah. 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 So that was really funny because she was just making jokes about giving the kids sweets and I'm sorry that you've got to do this yeah. with your kids and I know that your playlist will, will get overrun by these things. But it was those fun little jokes that really hooked us in. Yeah. And I think she's finding a rhythm of presenting... Mm. Way more than your other man. Well, yeah, he's deliberately dry, though, and awkward. The humour is meant to be in the awkwardness of it. Yeah, but he just turns up so sporadically as well. Yeah, he's definitely not a co-host, isn't he? No. Anyway, that's enough on Karina Berry and Bjorn Gustafsson. Mm -hmm. Let's get into the heat proper. So, the first song was sung by Albin Tingwell, and that was done Getting Over You. Looking back on how it all started I should have known it was no cold hearted No matter how I try to win or lose Won't you take me home No matter what you do I run right back to you Won't you take Over 
so that was Alvin Tingwall. Now, one of the jokes during the mellow heat was, you know, between the songs, was, is he a better tennis player or singer slash performer? I think on the basis of that performer, I'd go tennis player. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I'd put money on it. Yeah. Never seen him play tennis, but yeah. There's that moment where he first puts his arm out, isn't there? Where he's like, oh, I've got to do movements. This is what I've been practicing. Yeah, it's choreographed with the screen in the back. Yeah. As they so often do. Mm. And it's so wooden. It's so stiff. It is. He is very young. He is 20 years old only. We'll give him that. But then we've had much younger people on the stage. I know, but I think he's got less stage performance experience. Yeah. This screams someone who's going to be back in a year or so's time Mm. and maybe do a little bit better. Do you know what his outfit reminds me of? Spoiler alert. Do you know what his outfit reminds me of? A Blake Seven supporting (laughs) (laughs) him. Blake Seven being a science fiction show from 1978 it's, to 1981. Especially with the perm as well. I know. Yeah, it's, it's an odd It is actually very strong Blake Seven vibes, isn't it? <laughs> now that you mention it. it yeah. I have to say that the best thing about the performance was, well, you said it looked like his dad. <coughs> the, the dancer on the right is quite hot. Mm-hmm. But the dancers are quite a lot older than him and that kind of doesn't work, yeah. does it? No. Yeah. And they're bopping about. It's a bit weird. Listening but, to this one on the previews. Yes. It sounded really good. This was my favourite going into the heat. Yeah. Less so on the stage. Yeah, he just doesn't perform it well enough, does he? And it's a catchy song. And I think the reason why it did well, oh, spoiler alert, it does quite well, is because when you hear it again, you recognise it. Well, actually, I remember quite a few of these songs. Like, I woke up singing... Three of these songs, surprisingly, yeah. I'm glad I wasn't awake. I know, it's just in my head, but I could recall them. But it wasn't this one. It wasn't this one. Mm -mm. Will you reveal later which song you woke up singing in your head? I will. Two of the three are very obvious. Oh. Third one might surprise you. Oh, gosh. (laughs) I mean, if you're not hooked into this episode yet, listeners, I mean, geez, that's all the reason to stay listening, isn't it? Yeah. Okay, we're going to move on to song number two. And song number two is Leah Larson with 30 kilometers an hour. So that was Leah Larsen with 30 kilometers an hour. I think it's probably in Swedish though, isn't it? Oh yeah, it's hard to say though in Swedish. Even though it's part of the song. Yeah, it's it's a weird way of saying kilometers per hour. <laughs> yeah. It's like all the vowels and consonants are all sort of weirdly mushed. <laughs> <laughs> so this is the second song in this year's Mellow, which relates to Epidunk. Yes. Which is, I was going to say it's the subculture. It's not. It's kind of the teen thing that before you're old enough to drive, every teenager, like if you're 15, can drive a vehicle, provided it's been modified in such a way that it only goes at 30 kilometers an hour. Yep. With no no plates. No vehicle registration required, as they say in the song. (laughs) This song kind of acts as a bit of an education. Yeah, it's a promo, isn't it? For (laughs) this sort of world. In Sweden. Yeah, and it's all about going down the garden, the street, in your A-tractor, I think they're called, because it's about as fast as a tractor. But I don't know. But I, don't, I can't pretend I know that much. But 
what is fascinating is comparing this with Frock and Snoosk. Mm. I'd like you to take up the baton for me here and explain. Well, Frock and Snoosk is more the music that that generation or that subculture would listen to. Yeah. Whereas this is explaining that or cashing in on that. And you instantly called it when this was on. It's like, oh, this isn't going to go down well with the 15, 15 to, 20, to 20, 25, whatever 20, it is. Yeah. But the younger kids who would aspire to be that will we'll love it. And lo and behold, that was, it got a 12 and it was from there. Yes. And this has got some heavy hitters in the writing camp of this, hasn't yes, it? Yes, Jimmy Joker and Axel Shilstrom, I think. Thomas Gearson. Is Thomas Gearson one of these? Well? Yeah. Yeah. So it's like big, big names. Yeah. And it just comes across a bit juvenile, doesn't it? Yes. It's a bit kids TV. So those teenagers, the people actually who are driving these were like, nah. Would never listen to this. Sod off. This yeah. is embarrassing. Yeah. And I think the interesting thing about the Frock and Snusk performance and song is it's all about rebellion and it's about we'll sing what we want to sing. We'll do what we want to do. We've got cars. We can go anywhere. And even though it's quite colourful and pink and still therefore does translate to the kids and is aspiring, it's also truer to the scene. And it's also bringing in other musical genres. Because, like, the folk isn't part of the Ipadunk really, but she's bringing quite a lot of folk in to the Frock and Snuska song, which is called, don't mind me, Ungren Thria, Young and Free. So, yeah. So we were having quite a conversation about this as we were watching it. (laughs) But what do we think? It's very shouty. It's not very singy. Yeah. We understand she's a TikToker. She is. One of the TikTok generation. She is. Bless her. Annoyingly, this was one of the ones I woke up singing. Oh, was it? Because it's that dunk, dunk, dunk. (laughs) Yeah, caught me. Yeah, so she's only 23 years old. Yeah, she's known for dance videos and lip syncs on TikTok. And it says here she often collaborates with her friends and family. Interestingly, I was looking on Spotify today and I was looking at the charts and then the daily charts. This has gone straight in at number three, I believe. Wow. But number one was Frock and Snusk. Right. Beyonce was number two. And... and... (laughs) Surprising everyone and no one at the same time, Ganilla was number four. (laughs) Wow. Oh, no, wait. Ganilla had fallen down a little bit and Scarlet was number four, I think. Oh, really? Coming up shortly. Yes, exactly. I've just realised I feel bad on Albin Tingwall. I didn't say anything about his background. I did talk about how he did tennis as well, but (laughs) formerly... um, more of a tennis player, but he did win Swedish Idol, I think. Oh, really? And I just feel like I should have mentioned that. And we met his brother during the evening, didn't we? Who, again, the question was asked about the tennis, because I think his brother is also a tennis player and maybe has carried on with the tennis. I'm sure you're obviously, fascinated you, by you the Obviously, you more with the Swedish subtitles that you could read. Yes, obviously. Than, than me. <laughs> So that was Leah Larson. We'll talk more a bit more about her when we look at the, the voting from the different age groups a bit later on. Moving on now to song number three. This is no less than Dotter. Johanna Maria Janssen, who we all know as Dotter because of her belief in the environment and Mother Earth and she's a daughter of the earth. And I think she's a vegan as well. I think we talked about that before, didn't we? Yes. Yes. Anyway, can we list some of her previous mellow songs? Melody Festival in Royalty. Yes, gosh, getting a bit reverential here. Which way should we go? Most recent to backwards? Yes, let's do that. So we had Little Top. Yes. 22? Oh, I think so. Sounds good. Let's lock that in. (laughs) Bulletproof in 2020. Little Top was 21. Ah, 
21. Previous year, as you said. Bulletproof. 2020. And Cry, I believe. Cry. Which I'm, I'm not very... <laughs> Sixth in her semi-final with Cry in 2018. Oof. But she did also co-write Victorious, which Lena Headland took in 2019. So she's kind of almost every year had something in either written or performing. But obviously more importantly is the fact that Bulletproof and Little Top both did really well. And then she read out the results in 22, I think. And that's when she mm-hmm. revealed she had a little top of her own. Right. Yeah, there we go. Gosh, lots of knowledge there. Mm. Here's her track. It's not easy to write a love song. Why won't you throw your cigarette, lay down in the bed, tell me how can we forget by the things we say? Let's just put on my stories, never sleep in the So, Daughter with It's Not Easy to Write a Love Song. I have many thoughts about this. Ooh, okay. So first off, it's more of a ballad than what she normally brings to Melbourne. Yes, it is. Which is different. I wasn't sure of it at first. No, certainly on first listen, I was like, well, this is just another ballad. It hooks you more than you think, though. On second listen, I was like, oh, I just overheard it. And I was when you were playing it, I was like, yeah, yeah, that's okay. That's good. I have to say... The performance, though, the first time I watched it, I was like, oh, my God, Doctor, this is just too much. Yeah. Too much on several levels. On the first level, it feels like it's copying Lorraine too much. Mm. The way she's lying down, the way she pushes up, even her outfit is really similar and feels quite theatrical in a way that it felt real and authentic with Lorraine, but it doesn't with Doctor in the same way. Yeah. And the barefooted earth goddess stuff. Yeah. And she just over-emotes. Mm. It's just too much motion. It's like the Lucy Jones school of choreography <laughs> with all the hands and it's just, and her legs and everything and just prancing all around that piano. Yeah. The thing was though, and obviously she gets through. Yeah. Performs it again and just performs it straight from the green room. And it feels and it, better. Yeah. It's more natural. Yeah. It was too theatrical. It was too deliberate. Yeah. All this movement around and I would hope she would change, but she won't. She will do it more like the piano if she gets through. Yeah. And this is the thing, it is very difficult to write a love song when you're stood on top of the piano. Because you can't reach the keys. Because you can't reach the keys. (laughs) Which is the joke we made on the night. (laughs) Because we're very funny. We're so funny. We amused ourselves (laughs) on the night and just now. Yeah. The thing is, she's got such a distinctive voice. And it's a good voice. It's a good voice. It's not a bad song. It's a bit like Alban Tingvall again. It's like the performance took away from it for me, quite honestly. Um, As as she said, it was better at the end when she did the encore. I think because we know who she is, she gets extra points for that. Yes, she gets her bye on terms of... But I do like her voice in a ballad Mm -hmm. more so than the other ballads that we've got. Yes. It's the best ballad we've heard, I think thing yeah probably it's got a nice build on it it's mm-hmm. very similar to like a cornelia jacobs build yeah you said she was going to there's a cornelia jacobs vibe going on yeah well she was barefoot again as yes. well it's that sort of i'm vulnerable because i've got no shoes on <laughs> but i'm gonna my song's gonna build and grow and that yeah. sort of thing yeah there was that element to it 
we're gay. We watch quite a lot of Drag Race. <laughs> but there was, whenever they do the song challenge, when they have to write lyrics, and I just feel like if Dotta was doing this challenge and she met someone from the music industry, they would definitely get her to cut some of the words out of her song. Oh, uh, yeah, there's a few this where... You can't hear the words. There's something about a cigarette as well, which seems like a very odd... There's just too many lyrics. Yeah. I would cut some of the lyrics and it would feel much smoother. And they don't fit the melody necessarily either. It's it's odd. Well, it is difficult to write a love song. Also, one of my bet noirs is a song that talks about a song. I yeah. don't like it. It's like um, Alexander Ryback's song, which was That's How You Write a Song. I, I don't want you to explain about a song when you're singing a song. It's, yeah. it's it's meta in a way that doesn't work. And also, that was clearly not how you write a song. No. Because it wasn't very good. <laughs> no, indeed. I don't know how that won Melody Grand Prix back in the day. Maybe because it was just because Alexander him. Ryback, yeah. yes. Yeah. So, not a big fan of the performance. Although she's obviously beautiful and she's got a great voice. There's a very humbling connection with her, though. Because like, when she sang it again and she came through the crowd and you could just tell that everybody just liked her and yeah so stop being such a bitch about her. Her. i'm really connected with her stop being horrible she is the people's princess is she i've decided i think she's the people's daughter their daughter mm-hmm. okay yes uh-huh. moving along <laughs> song four scarlet with circus x once the clock strikes midnight all that goes come out to play step right in enjoy the show So, yep. Scarlet with Circus X. We've got to our Act With Face Paint entry yes. of the competition. There's been many of those this year, hasn't there? There has been. There has to be one. Yeah. It's inclusion. It is inclusion. It's also getting quite normal. <laughs> yeah. So, of course, for Melody Grand Prix, we had Goth Minister with We Come Alive. Yeah, and we also had the other one as well that didn't get through. Oh, yes, The Waltz of Death. Yeah. Yeah, so it's very much the year for being goth and not quite getting there. <laughs> Although there are some quite strange acts that have got through to Eurovision finals this year. Mm-hmm. Let's be quirky. Let's be different. How about we're quirky and different and we put in for Eurovision? Ooh, Should we be quirky let, and different? Let, let's do that thing we did at Halloween. Yeah, yeah. That so was really you good. be a skeleton. Yep. And I'll be... I'll just do a, a big smoky eye. Smoky eye. eye. That's all I need to say. <laughs> yeah. And we'll be fine. Yep. 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 Sorted. I think that's probably a flavour of how we <laughs> feel about this. We're such bitches. The thing is, I don't mind their voices. There's there's a nugget of potential in this song. Yeah. But I don't like the whole circus, being trapped in Circus X thing. Am I allowed to talk about Doctor Who or not? Well, we've already talked about Blake Seven, so let's talk about Doctor Who next. There's a Doctor Who story from 1988 with the seventh Doctor and Ace, and it's set in the psychic circus. 
And everyone who travels there has to perform in the circus, otherwise they'll be killed. And they're rated on their performance and they're trapped there. Mm. And all the people who operate the circus are stuck there and they're kind of all got these stupid smiles on their faces and lots of face paint. That's what it reminded me of. It's called The Greatest Show in the Galaxy. I think the writer of that, Stephen Wyatt, should be suing. <laughs> suing Scarlet. And she's called Thirsty, the other one. I don't know why it's just called Scarlet. Which Because ones? they're called Scarlet and Thirsty, but it's just called Scarlet. So which one's Scarlet? The white-faced one? I or think the... so. I feel like they're the lead because they've got more face paint on and that's how it works. Oh. Yeah? Right. Do you want to hear a bit from them? We are a skeleton and a vampire who met many years ago and have been inseparable ever since. We write, sing and perform within the hard rock and metal genre. And we are so happy to be a part of this new adventure. That's nice, actually. Don't be so horrible about them. Can't <laughs> you just go with their joy? Now then, genre and face paint aside, what do we think of the song? What do we think of their performance? I like the voices... I think yeah. I think their voices go well together They're quite as well. Aren't they? Yeah. yeah, and you know what they did on stage was good. I just don't buy into the narrative of the thing. Yes, the aesthetic. It's too deliberate, isn't it? Yeah, but maybe it's deliberately to appeal to a younger audience. And yeah, it doesn't have to be for us. It's not always about us, is it? I no, but isn't the the voting um, age the people who really liked it? Wasn't it? Oh, it was my age, wasn't it? Yeah, I think it was. So it is for me. <laughs> <laughs> You are the drama. <laughs> I have to say this interview that I read with them probably made me dislike them more than I should have done. The question they asked at the start of the interview, the interviewer, this was on um, that Eurovision site, so I'm just not plagiarising, I'm being honest. Let's start with a quick icebreaker by just asking if there's one thing about yourself that not many people know about. Their answer was, yes, we like to play hide and seek before shows. I was thinking, that's not going to pan out well. Playing hide and seek before you're about to go on. <laughs> How does that work? It's just madness. It just sounds like they're being, ugh, too much. I know it's too much. Isn't it? It's like, <laughs> that's not going to work. No. You need to be ready to go on. You're off. not doing that, are you? You're not, because you have to. You're get your having makeup a on. wee. Yes. <laughs> you're trying to calm each other down. Yeah. You're not playing hide and seek. No, you're not. You're really not. But it's that sort of energy of sort of like, we're quirky characters. La, 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 la. Yeah. You know, they did like drama or something oh, at yeah. school. Yeah. But isn't there something about goths and emo and all of that stuff, which is the f- people who do it always feel like they're the first people to ever do it. And we're just sounding like really old people being rude about it. I guess Did you, you do the goth thing at all? No, I was too Disney to do goth. Yeah, because my ex-wife did lots of gothy stuff. And she only owned hippie clothes when I first got together with her and had quite lank. I'm going to say dirty hair. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> but it was deliberate. Yes. You know? When you let the natural oils take yeah, over that. Yeah, that sort of thing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But it's not a phase that everyone goes through. But should we just accept that that's part of expression and not be so horrible to these people, actually? Well, it's done all right because, like we said, they're number three or four in the charts at the moment. Yeah, so, so it's okay. Good for them. Yay. Um, the song's not bad. It's just as a genre. It just doesn't sit with me in a way that I can get behind it or get excited about it. I don't think it's metal either, is it? It really isn't. A little metal duo. It's it's more sort of, um, it's almost more musical theatre if anything but it's just it's techno but it's yeah with a little bit of a poppy sort of it's fairly accessible yeah do you want to hear what they think of the song though when they're describing well, the i'd song? like to hope they like the song and they're proud of the song well the song is about being trapped in some kind of unwanted situation that could look different for different people you see it's meta it's not just about a circus ryan god we really think that every person that hears the song will put their own meaning to it you see, I don't think they would because there's just too many circusy things. It feels like it's just about a circus where you're trapped. I don't see the metaphor. I remember watching this thinking, I know how powerful that three to nine year old vote is. 
the powerful three to nine year olds. Hello again to Mai from please please listen to our podcast. <laughs> yeah, Mai, please but tell all your tell friends. Tell your to friends listen, listen if we can podcast. crack that three to nine year old audience, <laughs> we'll be getting that Hello Fresh money. All your friends in Uppsala. <laughs> but I remember watching this, and the the four dancers had these big dramatic feathery crow masks on and looked quite menacing. Oh, yeah. yeah, and I was like. These three to nine-year-olds are not going to enjoy this. They'll be spooked. They will be spooked. <laughs> spooked. And will not be voting for this. I can't remember where the votes went. They did not go this way. Did they not? No. Oh, thank you. <laughs> Voting correspondent man. Yes. That was very helpful. Are we moving on from Circus X? We can't. We're trapped there. We're, we're, trapped, we're, we're trapped, trapped forever now. We'll send the listener off with, to the next song. But we're still in but Circus we're still X in Circus for X. the duration. Yeah. And we've got very bad face paint on, but we're quite enjoying ourselves, aren't we? Mm. Next up, song five. Lasse Stefan's. En song en Saint-Malen. That sounded quite French. It did! This is what I do to Swedish. It's into French when I'm not thinking. It's what? En song en Saint-Malen. It's got to be quite hard in Swedish. It's got to be bouncy. Bouncy, bouncy. En song en Saint-Malen. Was that better? No? Yes. Everyone else will be screaming no. En song en Saint-Malen. That's still quite French, isn't it? Moving on. Lasse Stefans. Vatne speglade in til. En vacker sommarbild som ett gammalt fotografi. Solen började att tala över våran gamla äng där vi satt och sjöng på vår refräng. So, gentle listener, you'll be relieved to hear that we did escape from Circus X. It was quite hairy. We made it, though. <laughs> we made it. But we found ourselves instead enjoying En Song Om Samaran. Quite the gear shift. Really was. We have... How many performers? Seven, Seven. performers stood on a wooden... Dock. Dock. Now, when we talk to our friend Anna Korgadal, who you hear at the start of the podcast for Melody Festival, we had a big discussion on, on over text about what you call these, because dock's one word, but there's also key and there's also jetty. We couldn't quite work out which is what they would call it and what we would call it. Mm. It's one of the words we couldn't agree on. But it does feel really Swedish, doesn't it? It's yeah, I, as off. soon as I saw this on the stage, yeah. I knew exactly where I was. Yes. And I could feel that summer, even though I've never been to Sweden in the summertime. Yeah, the buggers never invite us I'm always there when it's snowing. Yeah. And I swim off of these things in the freaking freezing ice. Yes. I know exactly how this feels. Yeah. I can picture it. Exactly. Yeah. I can almost smell it. Can you? Oh. Yes. Good for you. This is a fun little song. It's not trying very hard to win votes. I think it just is what it is. It's a dance band. Now, do you remember when I was saying, <laughs> oh, we don't have dance bands in the UK? But of course we do. We call them folk music. It's yeah, folk, folk it would musicians. be like a folk circle, wouldn't it? Yeah, or something it would. Like yeah, that. exactly. That's what it is. It's just they call it something different there. And this is obviously an established band, Lasse Stefans. And I was going to be a bit rude. I was saying, they look like they're having fun up there. <laughs> <laughs> Which is code for 
It wasn't the best. Yeah. <laughs> Did you have fun up there? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. A bit more about Leslie Stephans. Formed in Christianstad in 1967. They've been around a long time. The band was most popular during the 80s. Um, the lead singer is quite old now. And the band was formed by Hans Sigurdsson's Lars Sigurdsson and Ole Jonsson. But they've since been joined by Krista Eriksson, Anders Pettersson and Gunnar Nielsen. But it's Ole Jonsson who's the lead singer. So they've had hits in the charts, including O. Julie in 1982. And in 1989, they were awarded a Swedish Grammy for Dance Band of the Year. They have participated in Mellow before. In 2011, with the song En Blick och Nago Honda, this song is their return 13 years later. So, have we got anything else to say about Lassie Stefans? It's a nice song, but... It is. Yeah, it's- it's already gone, hasn't it? I prefer it, really? it to Norland. I thought yeah. Norland was a bit more obvious. This is a bit more fun and playful. I like the cat, uh, the country licks to it. Absolutely. Yeah. I don't know who the person who was playing the violin was, though, because she's not listed as being part of Lasse Stefans. So I don't know who that is. But I want to know. Right in. I think we're hurtling towards the last act of the night. Now, during the show, it was obvious there was a lot of setup that was needed for this last song because they went and talked to all the different artists, didn't they? Yeah, we had a little hangout in the green room. We did. So I was expecting something damn impressive from the last act. And it was quite underwhelming. Considering how much time it took to set up. An arch in a stairway. It was really, wasn't it? Anyway, we're getting ahead of ourselves. So the last act of the evening, Danny Saucedo with Happy That You Found Me. Okay, so Danny Saucedo with Happy That You Found Me. This song clearly shows off his voice. It does. And that's the nicest thing I can say about it. Wow! (laughs) Well, when we were watching it again just now, I just immediately was overtaken by how furious I am by his outfit. Because it's the least effort anyone's made all season. And it's a big baggy grey tracksuit. But it's obviously designer. It's probably Balenciaga or something ridiculous. Well, yeah. but But it looks horrendous on him. It hangs on his legs. He's got this weird short cropped jacket. Yeah, it's like a puffer jacket that's not a puffer jacket. But this big white billowy t-shirt underneath, which doesn't define anything. It makes him look like he's ate loads of pies and is hiding that fact. Well, it's not that. It's the fact that it just makes it look like he's not giving a shit. Yes. And that's the thing that I hate the most. And we've all been inside for so many years. Yeah. And we're like, coming back out, Yeah. make a bit more of an Wear effort. an outfit. And there's no backing dancers. There's no nothing. There's no choreography. He's kind of... The choreography's terrible as well. He just does this sort of thing like a dad at a disco or an uncle at a wedding. Someone singing karaoke and they're into it and they're just jumping to the beat sort of thing. And it's like, we know he can dance. Yeah. 
Why isn't he dancing? Yeah. Why is he giving us nothing? And that's what I'm <laughs> really annoyed with. That. Yes. <laughs> it's like, well, I don't need to. I'm Danny. Yeah. Everyone loves Danny. I think it is a riding on it that. It feels Everyone like that. Danny, isn't it? Yeah. And I'm just really upset because I loved his song in 21. Dandy Dancer. Yeah. And he did that whole Jamiroquai virtual insanity yeah. thing with the with the room that yeah, moved and everything and the that was amazing and, yeah. and this was just nothing so upset interviews with him he says he's going back to his mellow roots because of like amazing and what were his mellow roots his mellow roots were sticking lights all over himself and having a rave yeah this isn't and his mellow in roots in the club yeah the club <laughs> the funniest thing I did in terms of research, finger quotes research, right. for this episode was I tried to go to the Danny Salcedo website <laughs> and I don't think it worked. So I thought, oh, I'll just choose the um, Wayback Machine to go and have a look at it. And I went back to it to 2010 and it's quite funny. <laughs> yes. <laughs> he looks really thin. He's got blonde hair on top of his head, piled on top of his head. He's trying to really go with the twink thing. It looks like a proper MySpace profile. Doesn't it? Bless him. I think he's someone who just dresses for the times. But somehow, even though he's 38, which is, I feel like that's quite young, he does seem quite dad-like. It does seem like, I'm not sure what the Danny brand is, other than it's whatever is sort of the moment and... But is the moment a sloppy tracksuit that you've just had pizza it in It kind of is, sofa? yeah. That's what it is. Like, he's just finished a slice of pizza off, some pepperoni pizza. He's like, I want some TV. <laughs> he's like, oh, oh he's looked down and he's gone, oh, I've got away with that. I've not spilled any on me. Yeah. I'll go out like this. Yeah. Or the kind of person that doesn't mean to go out, but then ends up out. It's like, oh, it's like, oh I only meant to go to the pub. And then well, someone said, let's go here and I've come. Well, as, as you and I say, whenever you get into clubs these days, like when we were younger, we used to have to dress up and wear formal shoes. And yeah. You couldn't just go in in jeans, could you? No. Now you, you can, can go in, up in in anything. Yeah. I remember the first time I went somewhere in Converse trainers and I was like, <gasps> they won't let me in. Yeah. Yeah. He'd get in anywhere today. That's the sad thing. It's the end of our society. <laughs> Sorry. Gosh. Other than that, <laughs> that, that rant. I mean, the song's all right. It's catchy. It is catchy. He sings it well. He does sing it well. I'm just going to repeat everything you say. It's not reinventing the wheel in any way, shape or form, is it's it? It's not reinventing but the wheel. But if the wheel, wheel ain't broke, don't fucking fix it. I think if Danny Saucedo was in London, he'd be very much a Londoner. He'd be a Cockney. And he'd probably do a guest appearance in, in EastEnders, you know, being fit. <laughs> Getting a fight as well. Yeah, he's he'd, that sort he'd of... He'd be working on the market. He would be. He would absolutely <laughs> be on the market. He'd have Martin Stall. Yeah. And he'd probably be best bros with Danny Dyer's And character. he'd probably clean up really well. Yeah. He'd get all the birds, as they call them, in EastEnders. <laughs> But this isn't really doing it for me. I had really high hopes. I know. Again, I think this has got through because of the name. And the fact that the song's quite catchy and rememberable. It's... And it was the last one, so it gave it more votes even. Yeah. Fun fact about Danny at Mellow. Do you remember what it was I told you the other night? No. I kept it fresh for the pod. I was like, oh, he'll tell me this on the pod. So I <laughs> erased it instantly. That means you weren't listening to <laughs> You didn't get away with that, right? <laughs> um, Danny is the only artist in Mellow history who has got through to the final final every time directly and whenever he's competed well that's why he's not giving a flying yeah oh you'll just get through yeah i won't put something nice on this time i'll save it for the finale and that's kind of a shame isn't it that all the way along danny and dotter dotter and danny for this heat everyone said anyway we're spoiling things because we haven't reached the results yet oh we have haven't we 
Should we talk about the results? Let's talk about the results. So as ever, when it came to the televoting results, the using the app and the telephone, we found out in a particular order, the different age groups, did we not? So it feels like someone else is going to win. They always reveal. Oh, yeah. So Danny went straight through. Phone lines reopen. Yeah. More voting happens. Yeah. When it locked down, it's like, right, whoever gets the first 12 they isn't are, winning gonna do because shit. they're trying to... Make it create some tension for us. So the first 12 I think we heard was the 30 kilometers an hour, wasn't it? Was it Leah Larson? Yeah. So the the first 12 we heard was not for Dotter. The second yeah. 12 we heard was not for Dotter. And I think it was about the third or fourth one, which was finally they gave us, getting the points. I feel like they gave us four and then they had a, a review. Yeah. But Dotter was already in the lead by then. Dotter was in the lead, so but she eights. hadn't had any 12s yet. No. So, And how many, looking at this, she got one, she didn't get three 12s. No, she got four 12s, two 10s, and two 8s. So that's okay. really strong. Okay, so they gave the two 10s and the two 8s out. First. And even though she hadn't got any 12s, she was in the lead. Yeah. And it was like, well, how are they going to spin this out to make it... Dramatic. Dramatic, and yeah. exciting, yeah. But it was interesting how the other ones shifted around. It was. They did move around a lot. I think someone dropped the ball in the previous week because they didn't actually reveal and say who was through to the runoffs in third and fourth because they just carried on and talked about who just got through in second. Yeah. This time they did actually announce it. Before we just get onto that, who qualified in um, third and fourth, just to say about that 16 to 29 age group where I correctly predicted, very happy, that 30 kilometers an hour, who are actually the Ipadunk people, I suppose it's slightly earlier, and that's 15, isn't it? But it's, it's that teenager vote. They hated 30 kilometers an hour and only gave it a three. They gave it the lowest score. And um, of course, the three to nine year old loved the lovely Larson, gave it the 12. Those powerful Svelia. They actually weren't that scared of Circus X, so I have to yes, work back on that really a little bit. A 10. They yeah. gave that a 10. Yeah. So. Actually, they're not that scared of things. No. I'm even more scared of the three to nine-year-olds now. I'm confused a bit by the 16 to 29-year-olds because I understand them giving points to Dotta and to Albin, but I'm really surprised that then their votes went to Lasse Stefan's third. It's interesting, isn't it? And I would have thought the 16 to 29s would have loved Circus X. I would have thought that would have been the target sort of goth audience. But maybe they thought it was too theatrical and that they were older than them and it was too deliberate. Yeah. I don't know. Anyway. You could easily have a feast on this data. You could. There's a lot to pour over here. So much. It is. We discovered in the end that Dotter was the clear winner. So in second place, going straight through. But then going to the runoff in third and fourth, we had Albin Tingvall and Circus X. Well... Scarlet. So I think Albin actually ended up being third, didn't he? Yeah. Out of the blue, because he had two eights, two tens, and a 12 suddenly from the 75 plus, which I thought was a big surprise. Mm, it definitely was. Yeah. So they join Flock and Snoosk, Gunilla, and all those other people. Elisa Lindstrom. She's forever ours. So we're almost at the point where we have the 10 for the runoff. We've got eight for the runoff. It already feels like too many, doesn't it? Yeah. But before we get to the runoff, we have a whole heat to discuss. Heat 5, which will take place at the Luftbelly Arena in Karlstad. And I can't imagine which act will get through first. I have no idea. Can't, I can't imagine it at all. No. But I do think they will be unforgettable. Ooh. <laughs> yes, I went there. 
So we have Heat 5. The first song to be sung will be Marcus and Martinez. What was that song called last year? Was it? Bring... No Air. No Air. Then we've got Chelsea Muko, Jay Smith, Electra, who we enjoyed on Drag Race Sferia. I think she was fourth. I think fourth, yes. Yeah. Anika Vikihalda and Medina. So they will be competing for the final, direct to the final, first and second places. And then immediately after that, we'll have, at the end of the 50, a runoff vote. Of course, as we know, this is the third and fourth placing songs of each heat. And only the two most voted songs will qualify for the final. Thankfully, this is where the three to nine-year-olds are stripped of their powers. (laughs) Because the age groups don't matter at this point. Oh. Yes. Has anyone told the three to nine-year-olds this? I think they're too scared to. <laughs> I think they are. They'll revolt when they find this out. Okay. So that's another hit under our belts. Four of five. It's felt like a long road. It's been an up and down mellow this year. There's some really good songs. Some not so good songs. Some songs in the middle. I'm not as passionate as I was about it last year. There's very few that I'm desperate to be released on Spotify that haven't been released yet. Yeah. Cassiopeia. Yeah. That's about it. <laughs> Cassiopeia. End of list. End of list. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'll What's probably that? end up liking Marcus and Martinez as well. Mm-hmm. I'll like them more now that I'm not worried that they'll be competitors for Lurien. Yeah. Because that was before. It well, was that was like, worrying. It was. I couldn't like Too dicey. Them. Yeah. Okay, well, that's all we have time for. We will be back next week with our review of Heat 5. Live from Amsterdam. Yeah, we're going to be in Amsterdam, <laughs> actually. We're <laughs> just on our way to the Melody Festival in final. On our way to Stockholm. We're stopping at Amsterdam first, then we go to Stockholm. We will be at the Friends Arena for the final in a few weeks' time. Yeah. But until Heat 5, thank you for joining us once again. We have been Andy and Ryan, your Eurovision queens. If you want to connect with us on X, on Twitter, then it's EuroQueensPod. On Instagram, we're EurovisionQueens. And if you want to contact us on the old email, it's EurovisionQueens at gmail.com. We love to connect with people. We love to find out if you're enjoying the show. And we always welcome any reviews, ratings on Spotify and iTunes. And if anybody's at the Melfest weekend... Say hello. Yeah, we're going to get the Melfest weekend parties, aren't we? Yeah. I'm calling them parties. Are they parties? I believe they're parties. There's, That's good. It's a pre-party and an after-party. So they're, they're definitely, they're parties. definitely parties. Or fests. Festa. They, they call them parties. Yeah, but fest in Swedish. Yes, but they call them parties. Okay, Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> and our good friends Kano are going to be there. They are. Hi, we're Kano. And you're listening to Eurovision Queens. But until then, it's Hado from me. And it's Hado from me. Bye. Bye. You've been listening to Eurovision Queens. If you enjoyed the episode, I know that Andy and Ryan would love to hear from you on email, Twitter or Instagram. Better still, why not leave them a review on Apple Podcasts so that other Eurovision fans can find them.